Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name. Can I get a loud amen? Amen. All right. So, um, usually, if you are part of our local church, you know I'm a very systematic teacher. But at the Faith Refreshers Conference, I also put my faith on the line that God will grant me utterance, which means that uh, I'll, I'll just flow by the Holy Ghost in the direction that he wants me to teach. But the theme of our conference is inheriting the promises by faith. Inheriting the promises by faith. And um, I, I want you to follow me carefully. Uh, it's a teaching meeting also, and we're open to the flow of the Holy Ghost. And I want you to pay very close attention because I had where I wanted to start, but just today, the Lord began to ask me to lay a foundation along these lines. And I would recommend if you are not part of our local church or you're streaming online, get on our website and download the message Faith in God. I did a four-part series on Faith in God. So I'll lay this foundation and then we'll pick up from there. Uh, I want to talk about the in 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 uh in our world there is uh the spiritual world okay there is the spiritual world and there's the natural world there's the physical world now the physical world runs on laws they run on laws now the spiritual world also runs on laws but the natural world runs on laws now because of the natural world that runs on laws there is what you call the exactness of results or the preciseness of results. You get it. Now, for instance, God has given me the privilege to fly a couple of times and sometimes you're flying to a particular country or you're flying within Nigeria and the, and the, and the pilot says, uh, my name is Captain Maxwell Ogaga. Of course, you will know if I say Captain Maxwell Ogaga is a captain in the Lord's army, right? <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you are in any plane and you hear my name, come down. Okay, all right, and I'm the captain. So, but I, uh, the, the pilot announces and he says, we are taking off from uh, Bonnie International Airport and we're going to land in Lagos. He says, and we will be in Lagos 9.05. What gives, pay attention, what gives a natural man the confidence to tell you, I'm going to lift this piece of metal, get it in the air, of course, all things being equal, right? And we are going to get to Lagos by 9.05. What gives him that confidence? Laws. Natural laws. Right? Natural, physical laws. And you quickly bring out your phone. Huh? Those of you who like snapping selfie everywhere, you just snap quickly and you, you put off to Lagos. Touchdown at 9.10. You even have faith to repeat the time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Then your driver takes off, right? And gets to, leg, gets to the airport. And you tell your driver, pick me up at 9.10. You have so much confidence. Why? The man is employing natural laws. There is the law of gravity. 
But then the airplane is flying by the law of trust and flight. The law of trust and flight makes it possible for the airplane, as heavy as it is, to overcome the law of gravity, but also to arrive at the exact time. Why? The man is functioning by laws. God has not ordained that life will be disorderly. If you know what you are doing, by exactness, you can predict where you will be. You can tell if your future will be bright. You know, when somebody goes, I don't even know what is happening. I don't know what will happen to the future. That is a man who has not paid attention to laws. Now, let me explain something to you about the laws of faith. Now, even if there is a bit of variation, you realize that maybe just five minutes or thereabouts, but the plane will land at the exact time. Now, imagine you get on a plane and the pilot said, well, uh, by the grace of God, we are taking off to Lagos. By God's grace, we don't know when we will arrive, but we know that one day <laughs> we will arrive. God helping us, let us pray. You, how many of you are going to be very comfortable taking a selfie at that time? Most of you will be writing your last prayer. My dear, if anything happens, my ATM pin card is... Because you know what? If the, if the pilot is not sure, then you are also not sure of your life. The uncertainty of the pilot affects your own uncertainty. So, so God has not designed that life be lived in a way that you are not sure. Are you still here? All right. Now, how does the pilot understand the law of trust, flight, and all of those laws? There's something called uh, mat- mat- there are mathematical equations to <laughs> to every science. You know, somebody said, I thought we came for Faith Refreshers Conference. Yes. But the mass you refuse to study in school, that's what we are studying now. So in every equation, there is what you call the constant and the variable. Right? There's a constant and the variable. Now, because of the constant and the variable, you can, you can always arrive at an exact answer. Are you following what I'm saying? Now pay very close attention. Also in the spiritual. Now, so what is the constant? So the constant in a math value is that value that does not change. It, it doesn't change. Why the variable is likely to change. Now, why is the subject of constant and variable very important? Because many times in life, we tie the results of our life to the will of God as if the will of God is variable. No. No. In the equation of faith, God is constant. His will is constant. The finished work of Christ is constant. The working of your faith is the variable. Okay, let me show you scriptures. Come with me to Matthew chapter 9 verse 29. Pay attention. Matthew 9, 29. Somebody getting blessed? Okay. Or not yet. <laughs> you know, I had a friend in school that time. When he's trying to explain something, he will talk and talk and talk. And when you try to interrupt him, he will say, let me land. So one day we told him, your flight is taking too long. Shall I be landing on time? Alright, so Matthew chapter 9 and verse 29. Look at this. Matthew 9, 29. It says, 
uh, in verse 28, the Bible says, When he entered the house, the blind man came up to him and said, And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Do, do you believe that I have the ability to do this? And <laughs> they said to him, Yes, Lord. Now look at this. Then he touched their eyes, verse 29, saying, it shall be done to you according. The word according will mean in proportion to your faith. Which means the, permit my English, not correct, but understand it. Because English is a language that someone developed, so we can, we can improve in it a little bit. The accordance of your faith is the extent of your belief. Is the extent of your miracle. According to your faith. If I say according to your faith, it means you determine the results. Are you here? Okay. I'll show you another scripture. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 28. Matthew chapter 15. Just a few verses and verse 58. Verse 28, I'm correct. See that now. Matthew 15, 28. Follow me now. Um, look at this. In verse, 20, verse 21, we're reading the story. Jesus went from there and, and, and withdrew into the district of Tyre and Sidon. And a Canaanite woman from that region came out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. But he did not answer her word. And his disciples came and employed him, saying, Send her away because she's shouting at us. The protocol officers. Right? You know those protocol officers. Say, send him, send him away. I want to touch the anointed man of the Holy God. <laughs> and look at what Jesus said. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the last lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus was directly saying, I wasn't sent to you, woman. But she came and began to bow down before him and saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to dogs. Do you think if a pastor tells you this today in church, you'll still come to church? Are you here or you are going home? If a pastor tells you, the anointing I have is not for dogs. What is going to happen next, next month? Facebook. Pastor calls woman dogs. And you know you are going to tweet on it. I went to a church. I only asked for prayer. They say I'm a dog. What do you think, uh, people on these streets? And you're going to see all kinds of stuff. <sighs> okay. But that's not our emphasis. But I'm not saying go and call anybody dog, by the way. But she said... Yes, Lord. But even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Oh woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. Again, this woman determined her answers. So, having looked at these verses, you realize that the power of God is constant. The ability of God is constant. 
The will of God is constant. What determines the output is your faith. Okay, let me show you some more scriptures. Come with me to Matthew chapter 9 and verse 22. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 22. You know, some people will say, but you know this person and this person had faith, uh, but this happened to them. No, you can't tell who has faith. Because faith is of the heart. You don't know what is going in people's hearts even if they are confessing something. Yeah, faith is of the heart. You don't even know what people are imagining while they are confessing something else. How many times have you confessed and I've taught you faith, have faith in God? Have you confessed, oh God, I know you shall supply all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you're confessing that. And they look at the foreign exchange. Say, hey, Tinubu. <laughs> I mean, I mean, your faith just goes. You don't believe that God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. You still believe God is limited to your exchange rates. Just tell the truth. Stop being a liar. And if you don't pull through, people say, but he had faith. No, you didn't have faith. Actually, out of the abundance of a man's heart, the mouth speaketh, but also people speak things they don't mean. That's why the last guy that told you, if I don't marry you, I will die. Didn't marry you, and he's not dead. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, the man didn't mean it. You know, people tell you, without you, I can't sleep. It's a lie. There's nobody awake. Call them by them. Thought you said, without me, you will not sleep. They don't mean what they say. People just talk. And when you are used to lying, you're also deceiving your heart. Your heart doesn't also know when you're confessing the truth. So your angels are confused. Because your angels are used to you lying. They, you will lie and angels will say, Whoa, great is that lie. And so they don't know what you really want. Because you're saying, you see, listen, consistency in speaking truth enables the spirit realm to act on your desire. You know, something interesting happened today at home, you know, and I was telling my wife, that's how faith works. She wanted to get something, just something to eat, just something to eat. She needed me to speak to someone to bring it from wherever they were coming from. I actually forgot. I didn't speak, I didn't speak about it, right? And our brother from Quara State, you know, brought the item and just said, oh, I just wanted to give you exactly what she wanted. You know what happens? When you develop your spirit so much, you will not joke with wrong things because they will even come to pass. Your faith, your spirit is so developed. And we'll talk about that. That's why when Jesus says, no man will eat from this fig tree again, the tree withered. Jesus did not say, I curse you, I curse you. Nobody will eat from you again. I, I'm telling you, I am Jesus. I want fruit. You say you will not give me fruit, you will see. No, he didn't need to do that. You know if you want to curse somebody now, you will generate all those energy. When Jesus says you will have what you say, Mark 11, 23, uh, 23, 24, he did not say if it was positive. He says you will have whatever you say. Whatever is a blank check. Which means that the man in God's image is created for his words to produce results. And your life will go consistently in the direction of your confession. And your true confession is when you are not in church. 
Because nobody has negative confession in church. You are with your friends. When you are alone, that's when it's in abundance in your heart will come forth. Are you still here? Where did I tell you to turn to? Matthew chapter 9 verse 22. Are you learning something this evening? All right now. Uh, verse 21, the woman with the issue of blood, you know the woman. This woman has been preached so much in church. Every church member knows her. <laughs> it says in verse 20, and the woman was who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years, came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she was saying to herself, she was saying to herself, that means a man can talk to himself. What was she saying to herself? She says, if I only touch his garment, I will get well. That means, listen carefully, this woman was not only talking about the healing power of Jesus, she was determining how she will be healed. Are you here? <laughs> you know, one time one of our dear sister shared a testimony. She wanted to give birth. Some complications came up. We prayed. And as she was sharing the testimony, she just said, you know, pastor prayed a very simple prayer. <laughs> You know, sometimes when you are used to aggressive prayers, eh? when you are used to prayers where spits, spit is flying, shoes are flying, and somebody says, go, it is well with you. You see, your faith will even reduce. Say, it's not a serious man of God. Because for you, if the case is serious, to remove shirts and say, oh, how dare you touch my church member? Therefore, I'm here for... You know, when you watch too much African magic, you feel that that's how the Bible works. Then we now roll our Bible. And we now point it in your... You know, and all of those things you are feeling, mm -hmm, the devil will hear it today. No, no. The answers to your prayers is not how of a Japanese man you are. What answers prayer is faith in the name of Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's faith in the name of Jesus. It's not jumping in the name of Jesus. It's not even calling the name of Jesus seven times. Once is okay. <laughs> Are you still here? You see, you must learn to remove your faith from some of those religious things. Before you know, you say, call it seven times. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Say seven is the number of perfection. You say, call it again. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then they'll keep a timekeeper. I say 14 times. I mean, we think we're joking here. And then... <laughs> <laughs> you know, and when you do, that's why a lot of Christians are disappointed. Gymnastic, and they know this thing is exact. If you call the name of Jesus and faith in that name, it will produce results. That's why when Peter healed that man, he says it's not by our own religiosity. He says it was faith in the name of Jesus. Are you still here? She said to herself, and that's why Naaman would have missed his healing. Because he told Elijah, he says, I thought you would come out. I thought you would stretch your... If you know all of those thoughts, why didn't you touch yourself to be healed? You know, it's amazing how a lot of people want praise. You know, sometimes you can be led by the Spirit of God to go in a different direction. And let me tell you, if you have certain expectations and uh, one doesn't go in that direction, you know, your faith can drop. And that's why you must allow your faith and allow God to work. So he says, for she was saying to herself, if I only touch his garment, I will get well. Now, 22. 
But Jesus turning and seeing her said, Daughter, take courage. Again, again. What made her well? Oh, sir, come on, church. Let me hear you. What made her well? Do you realize that in all the three instances we mentioned, Jesus never said, my power has made you well. You remember this story, right? We, I think we all know this story. Huh? When the woman touched, J- Jesus says, who touched me? Peter, your brother. You know, you almost say, Jesus, what is it? It's because you are a master. That's why we are respecting you. The way you talk sometimes. What is who touched you? He says, everybody's crowding you. It means that if those that were close to Jesus, that were even closer to Jesus than this woman with the issue of blood, that did not put their faith to receive, held Jesus with their sicknesses and went home the same. You know what they will tell you? Ah, I even touched him. It's not Jesus that is the variable in people's equation. He is the constant. Your faith is the variable. And can I tell you, we all have a measure of faith. You don't need to envy anybody's testimony. You don't need to see, oh, this man is a great man of God with great faith. What happened to you? Do you realize? Can I tell you something? And, and listen to me, child of God, don't take my word for it. Go study the scriptures. Everybody that Jesus said had great faith in the scriptures were ordinary people. You don't know my pastor. I know the Bible. See, my man of God has faith like this. If my man of God just appears, situation will just disappear. If you see my face, I will prophesy. Relax. That's why your faith is not developed. Are people anointed? Yeah, I'm anointed. For the people God has sent me to, to help their faith. Not to be in place of their faith, but to help their faith. Paul says, we don't have dominion over your faith. So when situation happens, if the first thing you are remembering is to rush to go and collect your pastor's picture. Hey, relax. Something is happening to your faith. Because that man is going to die someday. Why don't you just put your faith on something eternal? And stop wearing bracelets like somebody who just... Because what happened is we're turning Christianity to voodooism again. People don't know the simplicity of faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you've got to give them something. Say, we're giving them articles of faith. No, no. You don't have that for an example in the scriptures. Okay, let me leave that so that you can come back tomorrow night. But do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus never said, my power has made you whole. He says, your faith. So it means that in, the, in producing results in life, it's your faith that is the variable. The power of God is constant. The willingness of God is constant. Even when God was not willing, in, in, in quotes, in the case of this woman, the woman made a response of faith. And God says, you get your healing. Okay, somebody say, oh, was there a time where God was not willing? Let's look at Jesus' mother, right? Looked at Jesus and says, hey, we need some water. And Jesus says, my time has not come. You must say, that's your own problem. We need wine. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. What happened? 
Even though at that time, Jesus was not ready to give in to the miracle, her faith pulled it. You know what faith does? It compresses time. You see, God will not do it tomorrow. You are the one that said so. You are the one that said, I know my future will be bright. I know my future will be bright. Will you now walk darkness from today to that future? What kind of prayer is that? Your future is not going to be bright. Your life is bright now. The path of the just shines brighter and brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. So, you know, one of the reasons a lot of people's faith has not produced is that they have put their faith in the future. Even if you are walking in the wilderness, be it in manner. Let there be something supernatural in your life in that suffering. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, you are suffering, but there's some supernatural in it. It's just supernatural suffering. You're suffering, but you can still see miracles. You can still see manna. It's when you are seeing manna in the wilderness, we know that you are heading to Canaan. Because manna is an indication that you are on the right path. If there's no manna, you are in the wilderness. My friend, pause. Because that direction you are going, God is not with you. You see, the, 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 God has never left the children of God helpless. He's, he's never done that. His mercy has always been to the advantage of his children. Are you still here? He says, stop postponing your miracle. This suffering, I'm suffering now. I know it will not be long. Even Job. No, 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 no. He says, follow them who through faith and patience obtained. Are you still here? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, let me show you something. Go to Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. Let me show you something. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6. The equation of faith. Let's see. This is not what I'm supposed to teach you. I'm still laying the introduction to the message. So let's see where we stop. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6. What does it say? You know, some of you don't like Malachi because every time you hear Malachi, what comes to your mind? Uh (laughs) You know, uh, The using of Malachi to preach tithe has robbed believers of the truth in that scripture. There's a lot of truth there. You take time to study it. But it says, right. Thank you, everyone. It says, um, I am the Lord. <laughs> Those of you that don't open your Bible, we've caught you. Oh, yeah, read. <laughs> read now. Read from the screen. You just had that. They've caught you now. Read. They have caught. Oh, yeah, read. Everybody read. All right. See yourself. We've caught you. Those of you who are serious, let's, let's be going. We'll wait for them until they stop. You see, you can be punished in church for not carrying your Bible. All right. So it says, For I, the Lord, do not change. If I, if I say, I, the Lord, do not change, what am I saying? I can actually say, I, the Lord, am constant. Do you see how God introduces himself? He introduces himself as the one who is... Listen to me, child of God. This will change your faith. You know why I say this will change your faith? The day you are ready for that situation to change, you will sit and say, you know what? I know God is willing. I know God has the ability. Today, this is the last day. Do you understand that? The, The leper went to Jesus and says, if you are willing, you will make me clean. Jesus says, what? He says, I'm willing. You see, that leper, that leper knew the ability of God, but doubted his willingness. 
And Jesus corrected it once and for all. That when it comes to that, he is willing. Are you still here? That's why the Bible says, he that comes to God must believe that he is. Develop your faith in God. Your faith will produce maximally. All this, we are not sure the, the ways of God has been serious. His ways are past finding out. You don't know. No, 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 no. Stop buying every theology. That's why we allow people to die. I'm saying we don't know who can question God. Oh, God needed an angel. So he checked heaven. And just turned to Michael and said, hey, hey, hey. Angels are finished, you know. <laughs> it's a crisis. Say, what happened? Say, I don't know. Say, bring two. <laughs> Stop saying those things. Those things don't help your faith. And I can show you. Go read the scripture where it says, Precious, in the sight of God is the death of a saint. He was not saying is a good thing. Go and read the translation. Some of you will not leave King James alone. That's why you're where you are. It says, costly is the death of a saint, which means it is expensive to God. It's, 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 it's like... When you lose something priceless. He wasn't saying it was precious to God. God is saying one of my saints on the earth has left. It is like a precious loss. God needs men to get his job done. Are you, are you still here? You've got to change some of those things. When is your turn? Things will turn. The Bible never says that. Because it's not turn by turn. You know, when you grow up in Nigeria, you can develop a Nigerian-based Christianity. Because our concept is, you know, that big man is just throwing around his house with a stick in his mouth and just say, who are we going to favor today? John, come here. Say, ah, sir, thank you, sir. Celebrate you, sir. So we take that mindset to God. So we feel God is just turning in his chair in heaven and just looking around. Say, hmm, Faith Refreshers Conference. Okay? Only three people. Only three people. And that's how you hear something. People say, you know, God spoke to me. There are three people here. And he just brought a special blessing for only three people. Those statements reduce people's faith. See, any believer anywhere can have faith in God and have results. God is always in a good mood. You know, when you hang around women long enough, you think that God is like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> you just go, just like, hey, how are you today? I'm so, how are you? Just hug. The next day, I just go, how are you today? Say, Who be, how are you? Like, oh, okay, not how are you today? You know, so like that, you just feel like, oh God, I've come into your presence. The sin I commit, the one I did not even commit, the one I was planning to commit next year. You know, you are just trying to please God. God is not like that. He is always in a good mood. Your faith determines the answer. So you know what, child of God? You are where you are today based on how your faith has developed. So, why are we having Faith Refreshers Conference? You know why we teach on faith every year? We want to develop our faith. We want to build our faith. We want to remind ourselves of the basics of faith. Somebody, are you here? He says, I am the Lord God. I don't... I, 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 I does what... Okay. <laughs> For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. Can you see that is the constancy of God that makes us not to be consumed? 
You see, if God follows man, <laughs> huh? some, of you, some of you have made vows in churches that you have not paid for years, and you have changed churches. And you told the pastor you bring 10 chairs. And then you vowed, oh God, if you give me this work, I will buy 10 chairs so that your people will sit down to the glory of your name. You have work. You have built house. You have bought a car. Chairs they have not seen. You know if God follows you, he will withdraw that work. Look at it. He says, I'm the Lord. <laughs> I do not change. Therefore you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. That even in our unfaithfulness, what does the Bible say? He remains. He remains faithful. So there is nowhere in scripture where you see that God is not constant. So if God is constant, it means that my faith is the variable in the equation of life. Now, let me read something to you again. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8. I just want to give you enough scripture so that you go build. The day I learned this. Oh boy. Someone say, but I was believing God for something and it didn't happen. Well, go check again. Check. Do you understand? Where did I miss it? Did I pray right? Did I believe right? Is there something I need to learn? You know, I told you before, uh, sometime this year, the Lord asked me to give something way beyond what I've ever given in my life before. (laughs) I knew that I, I should give the seed, but the faith in me to give that seed was not there. So I got a particular message, told myself I was going to listen to this message a hundred times. By the time I listened to it over 80 times, faith had come in my heart to carry out that action. Because if you don't do things out of faith, there's no results. You're not doing things just to copy people. And that's why every time I share this testimony, I'm very careful not to mention the amount. I'm very careful not to give. Because you know what? People will listen to testimonies like this and just go home and do stuff without faith. You just heard that your pastor closed his account. Eh? (laughs) And then you just run. Go and close your account. How much was there? 1,252 naira, 70 kobo. You say you close the account. Come back. We will refill it for you and then go and learn faith. You see, you don't copy faith actions. You copy knowledge. Because every faith action begins where the will of God is known. We'll talk about that. It says inheriting the promises by faith. It's the promise that God has given to you that you can put faith on. You cannot believe for what God is not promising because faith takes what grace has made available. Are you still here? Are you learning something tonight? Come on, are you blessed you're here? All right. So, Hebrews chapter chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is what? The same. The same. If I use the word the same, can I say constant? So, we've seen that God is constant, right? In Malachi. Now, Jesus Christ is the same when? Yesterday. Today. Will forever mean any time. You know, if Jesus has said, uh, if the the writer of Hebrews has said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You could say, oh, they wrote this letter in AD 60. Tomorrow is AD 61, so we cannot tell. You know, that's why this issue of we cannot tell is something Christians must deal with. You know, I've seen people say, the things that God has for you, you know, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard what God has prepared for you. How many of you have heard that? And you're just, oh yes, Father. Oh yes, Father. Read the next verse. 
Huh? What does the next verse say, somebody? But now, he has done what? Revealed. Because God doesn't want to keep you in ignorance. See, there's nothing God is trying to hide from you. God is not playing hide and seek with your destiny. It's not the day you start believing for that thing, God is going to create it. So, I'm trusting God for a car. God said, God said hold on. We, there was no parts. We, did COVID not happen in Nigeria? Say yes. We didn't import your car parts. Relax. You see, you must learn. <laughs> you must learn to renew your mind. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We are used to limitations on the atrium. So, even when we pray, we, we assume God has certain limitations. If you ask anybody now, right? If you ask anybody now and say, do you think God can do this? The first thing they will say is, yes! Yes! You want to joke with God? We're not joking with God. Relax. Let them go home and watch the news. You know what's happening? They'll start toning down. Because as you are seated here, you are more developed to believe natural things than spiritual things. You are more developed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because that's what you relate with. So, the renewing of your mind is developing your faith, your spirit man, so that the spirit world is more real to you than the natural world. And that takes some labor, which some people don't want. He says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and what? And forever. So, like I said, if he said yesterday, today, and tomorrow, what will happen? You realize that people will say, oh, that boy says forever. Amen. Forever is forever. Forever means every day in forever. Forever means that his constancy will outlive you. When you die, Jesus is still the same forever. When your grandchildren come and pass on, come on, (laughs) Jesus is still the same forever. Listen, God has not called us to put our faith in a God that is not constant. This is not a risk. Somebody say faith is a risk. No, it's not a risk. Are you still here? Okay, now, let me just just give you this example. Uh, No, let 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 me stay with my notes. Come with me to Matthew 24, 34. 35. Matthew 24, 35. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you blessed tonight? Are you learning something tonight? All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Matthew 24. And that's why we endeavor to teach in the Faith Professors Conference because I don't just want your faith to be based on me. Of course, the Lord will put some anointing in my life to help your faith, but I want you to have tools that when you live here, you can walk this thing. Praise God. You know, every time I'm believing God for something and I don't receive it, I go back to the Lord. Where did I miss it? What's it, Lord? You know, sometimes people are believing for things beyond their measure of faith. There's a measure of faith. Little faith, great faith, there's a measure of faith. Right? You just decide. After this conference, say, yes, I believe. Yes, I believe. Tomorrow I'm going to have six million. (laughs) You know, even when you finish praying like that, when you sleep, you know, your mind will be asking you for where? <laughs> you, you don't understand that? So you, you need to first of all start growing your faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Start believing for little things. Start, it's like you go to the gym, right? Especially if you go to modern gym. Not all those ones in town that when you go and you see the iron, you know this one will be heavy. 
You know when you go to these modern gyms, everything looks like a rubber, right? And they just put 50 kg. 50 kg might just be small. You know, tiny rubber, you just feel like, ah, what is there? Did they think I came here to joke? We are losing weight this year. And you just go and say an 80 kg weight. And then you, th- you now remember you used to carry cement when you were 12 years old. <laughs> and in your, in your mind, you are a heavy man. And then you lift the weight and you re- realize that your waist is refusing to move. <laughs> You're almost tempted to say, leave me, leave me. Until the gym man says, my friend, there's nothing behind you. You realize that 80 kg is not your mate. So what will happen? What will happen? You go, and then they give you 10 first. You say, ah, it's too small. You say, start there. I remember one time I went to the gym. <laughs> oh, boy. By the time this guy was done with me, <laughs> he says, ah, we are done. I said, thank you, sir. <laughs> then he said, are you not going? I could not see my way. I was feeling dizzy. <laughs> so I sat down, and I drank water. So after that, I now called him. I said, you know what, my... I know my purpose in life. It's, it's very clear. That I am confused about my purpose is not something. I'm called to preach the word of God. And six packs is not a requirement for the fulfillment of destiny. The gym you see today, you will see it no more. I mean, why do you let me get me dizzy? Sister Rap, go, you can do it. You can no 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 no. You don't carry weight by motivational speaking. It's either your faith is developed or not. Some of you need to stop believing for those big things and come and start doing what? Growing your faith. Because every disappointment in your faith work leads to discouragement. And you don't want that. So you're starting out, believe for a little thing. What happened? Believe. You're growing your faith. You're exercising your faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're believing, you're growing your faith. Oh yeah, God can do all things, but do you really believe he can do all things? So you grow your faith. Alright, so it says heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Now saying my words will not pass away, we can also say it means my word is constant. So we know God is constant. Somebody? Who else is constant? Jesus Christ is constant, right? And then the Bible says that the Holy Ghost will live in us forever. The Holy Spirit is constant. And what is constant again? The Word is constant. Now, we are looking at, in the equation of life, what are the constants? What can we bank on? Because if something is not constant, you cannot bank on them. Can I tell you something? One of the things that is not constant in this world is human beings. If you have lived around human beings long enough, you will know they are not constant. You know why? Because things can change. But do you realize that we have more faith in the people that are not constant than God? Yeah, we do. Okay. Psalm 12 verse 6. Psalm 12 6. What does it say? Says the word of God has been tried. The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in a furnace on the earth, refined seven times. It means the word of God has gone through all the processes. Huh? Just the way silver is tried. 
It means that there is no trial you will put the word of God through that the word of God will not come out successful. That's why I told you that there's no temptation that you're going through that is not common. You know, people think they have special case. You don't have a special case. It's special ignorance you have. Not a special case. It's just that your ignorance is special. If you would sort the ignorance, your faith will produce. Ah, you don't know the idols in my father's house. No, we don't need to know them. Do you realize that? See, oh, the altars in my father's house. Yes. They're not relevant. That's why the Bible didn't talk about them. So why you, why you dig? He said, we have to dig into your foundation. No, no, no. You are not called to be a bricklayer. Don't do that. It's wrong profession. It's a wrong spiritual profession for you. Don't dig things God is not asking you to dig. The foundation of your life has already been laid. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. Build on that foundation. Say, let's trace your roots. No, it's wrong course. Do you realize there was nobody Jesus was praying for? And he says, what? I need to trace your roots. You know, we believe so much in generational curses. So much. And I don't know why people teach that nonsense. All the time. You see someone born again, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. You sit them down and for one hour, teach them that an altar from their father's house is chasing them. One hour. Confusing yourself and themselves with scriptures. Okay, so now what do we do? See, we have to do a walk. Okay, okay. So what's the walk? Say, don't eat. Okay. I know it. Say, it's dry fasting. I've told you, you don't find that in scriptures. There are only three people who fasted 40 days in scripture. Moses was in the presence of God. Elijah. God gave him a meal supernaturally. And Jesus. Am I against fasting? No. That you don't fast. Some of you don't fast and don't brush. And you know, that's bad combination. Then he says, come, I'm going to pray at midnight. Seven midnights. Get up by twelve. You get up. Raise your left hand. Raise your left hand. Raise your right leg. Raise your right leg. Say this. Say this. And then, let's agree it works. After seven nights, the demons leave. You sit back again. Then he teaches you part two of the mystery of unfulfilled destiny. Seven Undertakers who take your destiny. There you see it again. And the Bible tells us very clearly that if a demon is cast out from someone, he goes around, find him because you know yours is a very special demon. He didn't find any container he could stay because it was very special because your father's idols were thick. So he couldn't settle in anybody's house. The Bible says he comes around hmm, and see that the house from which he was casted is empty. Oh boy. Then he goes around he looks because, you know why he goes around and looks for seven more wicked spirits? He doesn't want to be homeless anymore. People don't like being homeless, including demons. They want to stay in a house. So you render the demon homeless. He roams around for a while, lives under the bridge. He's not comfortable. He comes back and discovers landlord has not taken possession. He says, oh boy, we're not living here again. He goes and gets seven more wicked spirits. That's why you see that the deliverance session never ends. Because now you're dealing with seven more wicked afflictions. That's why you should not be delivered without teaching. What fills your heart is knowledge. 
If not, the more you subject to yourself to that, seven plus another seven, 14. <laughs> oh boy, you don't want to know the mathematics behind your life. <laughs> it's going to take a while. Praise the name of the Lord. And the interesting thing is that Jesus said, Satan is the father of lies. And you see people sitting and interviewing demons. They, they don't have the capacity to tell the truth. They can't tell the truth. They are the source of lies. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The words of the Lord are pure words. They are tried. You can rest on God's word. If God calls you blessed, child of God, that's who you are. I said, if God calls you blessed, that's who you are. That word has been tried. It has passed through your family history and came out pure. You are blessed. If God calls you favored, that's who you are. Somebody say, but it doesn't look like it. You are the one to make it look like it by enforcing that decree in Christ. Are you still here? All right, let me show you something. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, let's go to James chapter 1. Let's look at the constants. We've looked at the variables. Let's look at the constants. Thank you, Lord. Let's look at the constants. James chapter 1. Verse 6. It was was saying about the man who doesn't have wisdom. Now, the Bible says, can can we read from verse 5? But if any of you lacks wisdom, (laughs) it says, let him ask God. Who gives to all? How does God give to all? Generously. I, I, I told you God is always in a good mood. Generously. He gives generously. He doesn't divide wisdom. Every foolishness existence in your life was not given to you by God. It was given to you. It was because of your laziness to seek wisdom. To go after wisdom. In any area of your life. See, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach. Let me, um, let's have the NLT version or the amplified version. Thank you, Lord. Uh, verse 5. See, it says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God. Come on, somebody say, I serve a generous God. Oh, somebody say, like you mean it, say, I serve a generous God. Do you see how God was introduced? He says, ask our generous God. And he will give it to you. Look at what he said. This is what I want you to get. He says, he will not rebuke you for asking. He will not rebuke. You see, some of you feel if you use your faith. No, no, God will not rebuke you. God is even more willing to teach you. He will not rebuke you for asking. He will not say, you asked for wisdom last week. Um, you, you now ask this week. Do you think we grow wisdom on trees here? No. No. Some of you ask your parents a lot until they now start telling you how they grew up. So some of us carry that mindset to God again. No. He says, ask our generous God. Verse 6. Go to verse 6. But he must ask. Yes, leave it in the Amplified. Leave it in the Amplified. We'll come back to the NLT. Leave it in. It says, only, this is a condition. Sometimes it just says, but he must ask. Only it must be in faith. That's the condition. Oh, I asked. I did not get. Was it in faith? 
That's why I've told uh, uh, members of our local church, never say this word, I am confused. Don't ever say it. It's part of the course. You know, I, I showed you from Deuteronomy chapter 28, confusion of the mind. Some of you will just stand, you know, selling my pretty ladies, you have many shirts. You just stand in front of the shirt. Hey, which one will I use on Sunday? This is, I am confused. No, <laughs> can't be confused. I have the mind of Christ. I know what to do. The wisdom of God is on my inside. The Holy Ghost is my guide. Learn to talk to yourself like that consistently. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I know what to do in this situation. Your mind will say, you don't know. If you know, you would have done it. Say, no, I know what to do. God is speaking to me. God is opening ways for me. I have the exact solution. You're asking in faith. Not that you have asked, oh, Father, thank you. I receive wisdom for this situation. Then you go and meet your friend. This is what I'm going through. Your friend says, what are you going to do? They say, my sister, I am confused. That's why I came. But you just asked for wisdom. What about someone say, yeah, but I asked for wisdom, but I don't even still know what to do. That's where your faith now comes in. Faith is believing that wisdom is going to come up on the inside of you. So when that person asks you, so what are you going to do? You say, well, I've asked God for wisdom and I received the wisdom. Will you agree with me on that? That's how believers talk. You can't determine your life by playing gamble. If it's this one, if it's this one, if it's this one, this one. Oh, child of God, you want to enter the future with that. Or if it's, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, if it's, if this is what God wants, let two red cars pass. Do you know that the devil has children in this world that has red cars? He will just speak to two of them, quickly drive through the expert. You just, you just even see two and a half. One is painted red and black. Say, ah, God showed me a lot of signs. No, the believer does not go by external signs. The wisdom of God is on the inside of you. Listen to me. The believer is not even supposed to be guided by prophets. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I have this man of God. He sees very well. What happened to your own eyes? He says, my sheep hear my voice. He didn't say my blinded sheep. Or my deaf sheep. Do you have a quarreling problem with God? Are you not in talking terms with God? Why is he finding it difficult to talk with to you? What's wrong with your ears? Hey, you know, my man of God, if I see your face, I will prophesy. If I see your face, I will prophesy. What's in your face that's always instigating prophecy? What's the issue? The Bible says... That the gifts of the Spirit would move as God wills. Why is your face eliciting prophecy? It's because your face carries a victim mindset. Every time you sit in church, you're just, let them see me. Oh, let them see. You are a victim. You so every time prophets see your face, you you activate false prophets all the time. Because I just say, oh, let them come me. All the things they are teaching, I let them come me. They should not call my case. Are you a criminal? Why do you always have a case? Come on, you are the child of God. Jesus died for you. The blood of Jesus was shed for you. You are born again. You are now a child of God. The greater one lives on the inside of you. And the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The greater one is on the inside. We are world overcomers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We are world overcomers. And so you have to go into the word of God. And let's look at it. It says only it must be in faith that he asks. With no wavering. Will the word wavering, can we replace wavering with being variable? All right. Um, 
King James Version, James 1.5. Just remembered now. James 1.5, King James Version. 5. Verse 5. It says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men. That's what I wanted to pick. That give it to how many men? God is not choosing who to give wisdom. Are you hearing this? God is not choosing. The people who ask him, he will give. You see, <laughs> you see sometimes eh, the mercy of God can almost make you angry. Because you feel that God is too merciful. But you see what? That his mercy is what is keeping all of us. Do you remember Jonah? Hmm? God sent him to Nineveh. The man paid his way to Tarshish. The guy boldly disobeyed God. You know, there are people like that. Say, I know this is what God wants me to do, but I don't want to do it. And he was rich enough to pay his transport in the wrong direction. But what people forget is that the sea belongs to God. <laughs> you are paying transport in the sea that belongs. Eh? You know, it's like if you were young and you played football, you had football, your, your father bought football for you, but you didn't know how to play. You know, life can be funny. You now go to the field. Eh? They now say, choose 11 11. They looked at you, say, your legs are too tiny. They didn't choose you. <laughs> you just keep quiet. <laughs> they just keep quiet. They choose you, come here, you come here. Look at people with chest. You come here, you come here. Hey, okay. Ah, they say 11 is complete. The next set you will play. You say, you are not playing again, you want to go home. They should give you your ball. Because all those 11 11, they will need something to kick. And what they are going to kick belongs to you. What it means is that if this football match will happen, whether you know how to play or not, you already have an advantage. You must be in the level. And nobody must shout on you. <laughs> Do I mean, you're like, ah, pass that boy, say, I'm ah, my leg, I want to go home. <laughs> all 22 men will beg you. You see, you have an advantage. He is the Holy Ghost. Life cannot turn any other way. I said, life cannot turn any other way. It's upward and forward alone. It's progressive alone. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The part of the joy shines brighter and brighter and brighter. As much brighter as you can insert. Hallelujah. Let's go back to verse 6. Amplified version. He gives to all men. He says only it must be in faith. That he asks with no wavering. Look at this. No hesitating or no doubting. He explains what wavering is. Wavering is to hesitate or to doubt. It's to be double-minded. To have two minds concerning something. You know, I wanted to teach on, I'll, I'll, I'll start teaching on that tomorrow, what I wanted to teach today. But God, you know, put in my heart to lay this foundation. Because if this foundation is not laid, people just assume faith will work when they are wavering. So, what you should develop is that ability not to waver. Listen, if your faith gets into constant mood, you would always get results with your faith. Not hesitating. Not doubting. For the one who wavers, who hesitates or who doubts, is like the billowing surge out at the sea that is blown thither and uh, hither and thither and tossed by the wind. New Living Translation. Not wavering. Not staggering. Thank you, Lord. But when you ask him, be sure. Come on, tell your neighbor, be sure. Be sure. 
What did he say you should be sure of? Look at that. What did he say you should be sure of? Be sure that your faith is in who? I didn't hear that. Is in who? How many of you remember our series? Faith in God. It's not in. So, so listen. Follow me now. Follow me now. Follow me now. Follow me now. This is where you need to get it. The amplified version talks about wavering or hesitating. The New Living Translation says it should be God alone. Which means that the definition of wavering is God and something. So you are believing God for your rent. You are praying, oh Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the one who died and rose again on the third. You know when you want to ask God for something, that's when all the kind of funny names come. Jehovah Shab Shab, the one who will not disappoint his people. <laughs> you know, all kinds. I mean, you know, sometimes I'm wondering, God is hearing prayer and say, who are they talking about? Michael say, is you? And I they say, these Nigerians, boy. Could we turn anything to God's name? Okay. Then you're not praying. Say, God, I know you provide for me. Then you come out from, the, from that place of prayer. And the devil tells you, look at your calendar. It's 23rd. Say, God has not done anything. No. It's like he's still looking for foreign exchange. Because he's cast in heaven. So okay, I know what I'll do. Just send a text to your uncle. I celebrate grace, sir. Thank you, sir. See, even though you, you didn't ask, you have already, and I taught you this, the realm of the spirit picks up your imagination. You have already imagined that God will not come true. Tell yourself the truth. So you just want to help God, you know, so that I will not embarrass God in this. You don't, let's just let's support God more because it looks like things are a bit tough. Hmm? So you say, sir, I greet you, sir. The greeting, and now greeting, greeting consistently. And you know where you're going. But faith is not in God alone. You see, you know the battle of faith is sustaining it in God alone. That's the battle of faith. That, see, the battle of faith is what? Sustaining your faith in God alone. That's why one of the ways to train your faith is to have, even when you don't need them, have projects that you're trusting God alone for. Be exercising your faith so that the day you need it, you already have perfected that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, for my pastors here, easy example. You can be believing for something, right? You can be believing for something that you don't need immediately in the ministry. Believe for a camera. It's not a do-or-die affair whether you have camera or you don't have, but be believing for it. It's not the day you now, you know, you realize you don't know. Be, be stretching your faith for it. And you practice it. Everything you have must not come from your money. Exercise faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Every headache must not be paracetamol. Some of you have chemists in your house and you are the chemist. You never studied chemistry. You never studied. You have so gone to chemists that you know what is not working. Somebody that spent four years, eight years studying pharmacy is give you drug. He said, what did you put there? Person, I put this one. He said, remove that one. Put this one. <laughs> and, and the guy say, you know, he said, and I'm me, they tell you, I know my body. Put this one. I mean, I mean, like, are you, you are wiser than a doctor. You are so trained. The Bible says, by reason of use. By reason of use. You just feel headache. Some of you have taken drugs so much, that one is no longer working. Sometimes use your faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This headache, go in Jesus' name. That's it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes when you shout, go in Jesus' name, it will bang you stronger. Just say, okay, Father, 
Don't worry about this one. <laughs> he said, I will, I will give you the next one to work on. <laughs> let, me, let me handle this one. I know what to take. Now, I'm not saying don't take medicine, but you understand what I'm saying. Exercise your faith. In situations that are not death and life, what are you doing? You're practicing. You're practicing. Praise God. You're practicing. Believe God for something. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes you can have salary or your money in your account and say, I'm not going to spend this money. I'm believing God. For this thing, God make all grace abound. See, God is not only willing to provide for preachers. Use your faith to get customers. And let me tell you, I warn you. When I say use your faith to get customers, I don't mean open your shop and be praying in the morning. That's bad habit. Pray at home. When you open your shop, it's time to walk. It's not that you now go to your shop. By 10.30, you're in the morning. Early in the morning. We are, stop it now. You drive, you, sometimes I'm taking my kids to, to school and I'm seeing guys conducting home fellowship. Sprinkling things. Huh? No. You pray at home. Every time your shop is open, it's open for business. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you will even close and go for afternoon prayer. Then go and go for all night. So by the time the customers come, you are sleeping. You are just dozing. <laughs> the one customer comes, ah, he's sleeping. They go to the next one. No, no, no. Reduce the all night. Sleep. So that you are allowed to attend to people. Because you, you, because to be, if you, if your spirituality is translating to foolishness, you're, you're learning the wrong thing. If you are becoming duller, as you are serving God, you're serving the wrong one. So most of you don't sleep. You go for all nights all the time. So you, you shut your brain of sleep. So you are now forgetting things a lot. You're damaging yourself. Are you still here? All right. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. The Bible calls it divided loyalty. So the subject of faith is learning how to place our loyalty in who? In God alone. Wives, faith in God alone. Husbands, faith in God alone. Children, faith in God alone. Pastors, faith in God alone. Because things want to take up your loyalty. Praise God. Now, can I show you something? Let me show you one more verse of scripture. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you blessed tonight? Are you learning something tonight? Matthew chapter 14. We'll just do this and then we close. Are you going to come with more people tomorrow? Only two people said they are going to. Can I have faith in you or God alone? <laughs> okay, God alone. <laughs> Matthew chapter 14, verse 31. Praise God. All right, Matthew 14, 31. I'll just show you this. I want to show you how this works. Um, no, I said 31. Praise God. 31, please. Matthew chapter. You know, one of the things about faith is I, 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 growing up, I began to learn about the subject of faith. But one of the things I really trusted God to do in, 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 when he called me as a Bible teacher was to help people know how to walk faith. Because I realized, have faith, have faith. Yeah, I mean, come on, guy, I'm trying. How does it work? 
What are the little things that I need to do? Praise God. And I realized, that's why I, I rarely share testimonies when I teach faith. Because I can just come here and share testimonies of faith with you. And you just leave this conference feeling like, boy, oh boy, my pastor has faith. That doesn't help you. The greatness of my faith does not help you. It's how to use your faith that helps you. Are you following this? And that's why I'm taking the time to teach. That's why I'm taking the time to teach. So you understand this. That the constant in life is God. The constant in life is Jesus. The constant in life is the Holy Spirit. The constant in life is the Word of God. If there is anything not working, I am the one. So I got to work on myself. You know, uh, let me say this very quickly. As children develop, they start becoming very logical. Okay? I got a, got a little princess who's, she's going to be 10 years old next month. And I got a, a big guy who's going to be 15. When they were a bit younger, because now they've, they are starting all to be very logical. But when they're a bit younger, when they wanted to watch cartoon, my son would send the little girl. So he'd go and say, can we watch cartoon? He knows that the chances of that little girl saying no, say, me saying no to the little girl, is, is rare. Okay, Because I'll tell him, go and read your books. Go and, you know, because the truth of the matter is that sometimes for her age, if she spent a lot of her time watching cartoon, it might, it might not be very consequential to her destiny, at least. Because she's pre-nursery, she's in nursery. I mean, come on, we can find our way around that. But if you're already in SS2, oh boy, you want to spend some time with your books. Now, what's happening there? When we reverse it and bring it to our Christianity, that's what we do exactly. We always feel if our pastor does this for me, God will hear him faster. Now, is there a place that your pastor occupies in your life? Yes. Is there a role and everything? Yes. I'm not taking that out and I'm not saying dishonor of pastors. But the truth of the matter is, he is your God. He is your father. So what am I supposed to do as a pastor? Wherever my faith level is, I'm supposed to teach you how I got there so you can get there without me. Say amen. Amen. Thank you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because the faith Timothy got was from his grandmother and his mother. Says the faith that was in your grandmother and your mother is now in you. That means this grandma had some faith. He didn't say in your pastor. He says in your grandmother. So you've got to learn faith so you can teach your children. I might not have the opportunity to teach some of your kids about faith. You have to take this, learn it, live it, and your children will do what? Will learn it from you. Because your children might not be listening to my podcast. I mean, they will watch cartoon. Are you following this now? All right. So, let's do this. Oh, boy. Uh, Matthew chapter 14. It's going to close here now. Remember this story? Peter? Okay. Let's read from verse 22 quickly. Matthew 14, 22. NESB. Let's go. (laughs) 
Interesting story. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away. Praise God. Then what happened? After he sent the crowds away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Can I tell you something here about faith? The fact that you are in faith does not mean things will not be contrary. Who sent them on this journey? Who's, come on, somebody. Who sent them on this journey? Did Jesus send them here? Was the wind contrary? Contrary circumstances does not mean you are not sent by God. Contrary circumstances does not mean you are under a curse. What does it mean? Circumstances are contrary. You rearrange them. Oh, if it is God that sent you, all these things will not be happening. It happens. God told Paul, the things you will suffer for my namesake. Well, let's leave that. <laughs> go where you are celebrated, not where you are tolerated. No, that's motivational speaking. That's not Bible. You go where you are sent. Whether you are celebrated or tolerated or persecuted, just go. Because we're teaching a very comfortable gospel that makes people, every little crisis, they are feeling what's wrong. What's wrong. Sometimes those crises are a sign that everything is right. Because hell is not going to just fold their arms and walk you, watch you walk in the right path. So sometimes lack will come in your life. You know, hey, come on. It's because God sent me an assignment and you contend for your increase. Praise God. I said, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Okay, let's go now. It says, and in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And you know, Jesus Christ, Eh? Sometimes you help people's feet. Wind is already contrary. They are not just walking on water, just strolling on water. I mean, just imagine now that a guy is just strolling on water. <laughs> ah, some of you will die already. And when the disciples saw him walking on sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. And you know what I like to read this scripture? He tells us that the disciples were human like us. They, I mean, these guys that Jesus picked with him, these guys cried out in fear. And I'm wondering they didn't shout Jesus. I'm wondering what did Peter shout Judas. <laughs> I know some of them will have been saying, I was telling you that I was suspecting this journey. <laughs> when <is> it? <laughs> but immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take courage, it's high. Do not be afraid. What do you need to hear when things go contrary? You go and hear God's word. If Jesus does not speak to you in your inward witness, you open the Bible. And when the circumstances are contrary, you read the word of God loud to yourself. He will never leave me nor forsake me. The one that keepeth Israel never sleeps nor slumber. What do you want to hear when things go wrong? You want to hear the voice of Jesus. When you hear his word, fear will go from your heart. And you know what? You can always hear his word. You have 66 books that contain his voice. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why when things go wrong, stop keeping quiet. Get up and speak the scripture to yourself. Glory to God. All right, my time is running. Verse 28. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is I, if it is you, sorry, command me to come to you on the water. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> I know some guys will be saying, that's why I don't like you. No, this guy took a risk. But of course, he heard the voice of Jesus. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. 
you know, I can feel like how Peter was feeling, walking on water, just looking at all of them and saying, give me some respect. Put some respect on my name. Me and Jesus, we're doing things together. Things don't run us. We run things. Okay. <laughs> but seeing the wind, you know, it's in this place in movies, you just hear, gong, gong. things are about to change. You know, some of you have watched Nigerian movies so much, when you hear the soundtrack, say, watch, they will poison this man. <laughs> And in five minutes, they are bringing praise. He said, did I not tell you? They're like, you're a prophet of him. It's okay. All right. <laughs> you know, sometimes I watch film. I'm like, what are these people doing? And Okay. But seeing the wind, he became frightened. Pay attention to the word became. Became means he was not it. What he saw made him become something. What he heard made him walk on water. What he saw made him become something. Seeing Hearing, seeing, hearing, seeing, hearing. What he saw made him to take a step. Sorry. What he heard made him to take a step. What he saw is changing his configuration. Child of God, everything you hear or seeing is making you become something or is making you take certain actions. No information leaves you the same. All right. But seeing the wind, he became frightened. What, what happened? Pay attention to two words there. Oh, more. Three minutes. He became frightened and beginning to sink. Forgive forgive my English, but listen to the truth. Becoming initiates beginning. When you become afraid, you have initiated your sinking. Because your heart is now divided. Your heart is no longer on come. Your heart is on come and the waves. What do you think when he saw the waves was coming to his mind? I will soon die. <laughs> do you understand? Then he remembers all the people who died by you. Do you understand? So listen to me. Say, everything in this life is talking to you. The foreign exchange is talking to you. Nigerian passport is talking to you. Everything is telling you you cannot make it. You cannot make it. You cannot make it. Listen, child of God, you can't keep quiet. You open your mouth and say, in this nation, I will make it. In this land, I will prosper. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I don't care what the dollar rates are. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And this is not just faith confession. That's how exactly it's going to be. All right. So, beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. What did I say about the mercy of God? It's constant. That's what saves us. Imagine God say, you are doubting me, you will die. No. God saved him. See, God saved him and corrected him. Let's just read that. Right? Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Do you realize Jesus did not say the sea was powerful? Say, Peter, thank God you cried, oh. This sea coming. Ah, you would have died. No, no, no. Do you realize that whenever it comes to their circumstance, Jesus addressed their faith? Because it's not the power of the circumstance, it's the littleness of your faith. Now, little faith is defined here. Little faith is the faith that has faith in God and doubts at the same time. Great faith is the faith that has absolute faith in God. So great faith and little faith are not measures of faith, but expressions of faith. 
Are you still here? My time is up. Let's stand on our faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just step on the keyboard quickly for me. Praise God. Closing right away. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 Oh, thank you. There's someone here with pain right at the end of your spinal cord right here. Just right here. Right here. That pain is living right now. Thank you, Jesus. On Saturday night, I'm going to be ministering to the sick by the power of the name of Jesus. Just give me five minutes. We're supposed to close by eight. Just give me five minutes, please. Just sing something. Oh, Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.